Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. To the mansion on the hill, this is the home of Terry's mysterious moments. Stories of oddness, of weirdness, of nature gone strange. This is season four. We thank you for coming along for the ride. Hope you enjoy it. everyone. Welcome back to season four of Terry's Mysterious Moments. I know I've been away for a while, but I'm glad to be back. Let's get this show on the road. Thanks for being here. In a previous episode, I spoke about odd earth mysteries such as the Taos Hum. Early last month, Aaron Hunter sent me a story from CNN about scientists having found the explanation for the strange hums, the pops, the cracks, and other strange noises this starship Earth makes as she ages in time. While I don't accept their explanation as the one and only, I'll acknowledge it may explain this particular situation. In 2018, a multitude of seismic signals were detected by earthquake monitoring agencies all over the world in May and June. They created a weird humming sound, and some of the signals detected in November of that year had a duration of up to 20 minutes. The signals and humming triggered the curiosity of the scientific community, according to a new study that explains what happened, the formation of a new underwater volcano. The unusual amount of earthquakes were traced to the island of Mayotte, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, M-A-Y-O-T-T-E, in the Indian Ocean, one of several in the Comoro Archipelago found between Africa and Madagascar. Scientists detected 7,000 tectonic earthquakes within the scope of the study. These kinds of earthquakes occur when the Earth's tectonic plates become stuck as they move alongside each other. The pressure that allows them to move on causes earthquakes. The most severe earthquakes reached a magnitude of 5.9 in May 2018. They also encountered 407 long period seismic signals. 
These very long period signals called VLPs are harmonic and low, reminiscent of a double bass or a large bell, and their 20 to 30 minute signals could be detected hundreds of miles away. The earthquakes and the signals were coming from about 22 miles off the eastern coast of the island. Researchers couldn't see any volcanic activity in this area, but they suspected that magmatic processes may be forming one. Unfortunately, there was no seismic network on this part of the ocean floor, meaning they were only able to get measurements from the island, Madagascar, and Africa. But they noticed a lowering of the island's surface by 7 inches, indicating activity linked to the earthquakes. New seismological methods developed by the researchers helped them piece together a year-long timeline to reconstruct what happened. The first phase involved magma rapidly rising from a reservoir in the mantle, 18 miles below the Earth's surface. This opened a channel in the ocean floor, allowing the magma to flow and begin forming a new underwater volcano. An oceanographic campaign in May of 2019 showed that a volcano had indeed formed in the same spot. During the formation of the underwater volcano, earthquake activity dropped and the grounds of Mayotte lowered. Then the VLP signals began. We interpret this as a sign of the collapse of the deep magma chamber off the coast of Mayotte, said Eleonora Rivalta, study co-author from the German Research Center for Geosciences, GFZ. It is the deepest and largest magma reservoir in the upper mantle to date, which is beginning to empty abruptly. As dramatic as all of this sounds, it was hardly noticeable on the island itself. Mayotte is one of four volcanic islands in its archipelago and home to about 260,000 people, according to the study. It last erupted about 4,000 years ago. Since the seabed lies three kilometers below the water surface, almost nobody noticed the enormous eruption, said Torsten Dahm, study co-author and professor of geophysics and seismology at the University of Potsdam in Germany. However, there are still possible hazards for the island of Mayotte today, as the Earth's crust above the deep reservoir could continue to collapse, triggering stronger earthquakes. So maybe there's one explanation for some of the odd sounds. I don't know. I, I would like to find evidence of other information. During my time off, I had the opportunity to speak to one of our listeners. And she had an interesting story that happened to her. Um, she's She said she's been having some weird experiences and, and I call them paranormal experiences simply as she described them but this one is kind of a two-parter it began in December just, just this past December she had visited the graves of her parents and had cleaned it up and left new flowers and and uh, spent time just there and as she was there, she uh, looked up and there was a man walking near her. And he called her by name and said hello. Now, she didn't particularly know who he was. or, or uh, It was kind of weird that he would call her by name if she didn't know him. 
So she finished what she was doing, and when she was ready to leave, she looked around, and he was absolutely, flatly, and forevermore gone. She didn't see him anywhere. Now, let's skip forward to just the other day. She was at her parents' gravesite again and was done with her tasks. And she took one last look around, and there was the same guy from December, but he was walking toward her. He didn't speak this time, but she was weirded out enough. She got in her car, and she split the scene, Eugene. Now, she did that, but she drove around the cemetery a couple of times, and lo and behold, he was nowhere to be seen. It's as if he had vanished. Now, when we spoke, it had only been a short time between encounters, so I could tell by her voice that this was shaking her up to some extent. We ended the call, and it kind of left me with the Whiskey Tango Foxtrot frame of mind. I had asked her for permission to use this story, as odd as it is, and and, uh, I wanted to share that with you and see what some of you might think about it. Just uh, just let me know. It's a weird story. This this man said hello to her the first time and then was coming at her. I kind of got a definite Night of the Living Dead vibe out of that one. They're coming for you, Barbara. Let's move on. A very odd phenomenon that happens to stretch back well into history from places all around the world is that of flying humanoids. I'm not talking about bat-like creatures or winged avian anomalies, but rather exactly as was said. Human figures just up there flying around with seemingly no visible means of support or locomotion without a care in the world. There have been many reports of flying people, often by very reliable witnesses, and one place where flying humanoids seem to reign supreme is in the country of Mexico where they have long been a feature of the world of the weird. Part of this bizarre phenomenon goes back to the year 2000, when witness Salvador Guerrero saw something strange over the Mexican town of Colonia Agricola Oriental in March of that year. Guerrero had actually been out on a rooftop that evening for the purposes of sky watching for UFOs, which throws up a red flag for me. If you look for something out of the ordinary, you'll find something out of the ordinary. But that's just me. But what he ended up seeing this night was perhaps every bit as weird, if not weirder, than a UFO. As he gazed out over the darkening sky, his attention was drawn to something very odd out there, floating around, which seemed to be neither bird, plane, nor a typical UFO and he used his video camera to zoom in on the anomalous object. Upon zooming in, it became very evident that this was not a typical unidentified object, as it seemed to be in fact a humanoid figure, inexplicably hovering in the air. Note, using a consumer quality video camera, which I presume this was, and holding it in your hand, then zooming in on something out there, can, in my opinion, lead to the grainiest, fuzziest, most unrecognizable item in view. There were no wings, no parachute, no obvious means of propulsion, or way that this mysterious individual could have possibly been keeping itself aloft. 
Yet there it was, suspended in midair, reportedly spinning slowly while holding its arms outstretched. As Guerrero stared in awe, the figure began to move off until it was out of sight behind a building, its origin and destination unknown. The whole thing was captured on video and has proven to be an oft-debated and controversial piece of footage. When the story of this apparent flying man came out, there was almost immediately, as often happens and not just in these types of situations, other reports of something similar in the skies of Mexico, and the sightings began to come in steadily from all over the place. One particularly well-known such report that technically occurred before the Guerrero sighting is that of Amado Marquez, who came forward to claim that he had also seen something very peculiar in February near the town of Cornavaca. Marquez explained that he had been out one evening and noticed a dark shape bobbing through the sky. As with Guerrero, he zoomed in with the video camera and saw that it was a humanoid figure cruising along through the air in a horizontal position with his legs outstretched. Again, there was no sign of wings, glider, or any way to remain up in the air, but he steadily moved along nevertheless until he was out of sight. Marquez would claim that he kept his sighting in the video he took of the event secret finally deciding to come forward when Guerrero made his report. In later that year, in July, there was another report in which the witness, Gerardo Valenzuela, filmed a tall, dark humanoid object descend from the sky to disappear behind a hill in a valley near the active volcano in a place called Tepoztlan, T-E-P-O-Z-T-L-A-N, Tepoztlan? in the Mexican state of Morelos. The strange flying man was filmed and again the video has been picked apart and debated as to its veracity. Then in October, there was a sighting made by an airline pilot and co-pilot while preparing to land in Mexico City. The figure was described as a little flying man wearing what appeared to be a backpack and who matched the altitude and speed of the aircraft for some time before flying off. This is a notable sighting in that these were trained pilots who would have been familiar with aerial phenomenon and not prone to making up wild tales. Now, again on my soapbox, this is a common defense that I take umbrage with, made when mentioning professionals making strange claims, in my words. Why wouldn't they be capable of telling wild tales, just like anyone else? Just because they work as pilots or police or other official jobs? Anyone can tell stories, no matter their job or station. Off the soapbox. A particularly bizarre report that seems to deviate from the typical report, yet seems as if it may be connected, occurred on February 14, 2004, when an Ana Luisa Seed and two others witnessed a decidedly unearthly sight above Mexico City. They saw in the sky a rather strange object that at first looked to be some sort of mechanical, vibrating machine on top under which dangled what looked like a large black humanoid shape, the whole of which seemed to be hovering in the same position. To make matters more bizarre, a smaller object was allegedly seen to drift up from below to merge with the larger figure, after which it detached from the upper structure and revealed itself to be what appeared to be some sort of humanoid wearing a cape or a cloak of some sort 
while the thing above it now in fact looked like a living winged beast of some kind. It is then reported that the smaller object broke off from the cloaked creature to fly off, after which the cloaked one reattached to the winged monster, and the whole surreal thing took off out of sight. What in the world was this thing? Whatever it was has become known as the Entity Reunion in the Sky, and it remains one of the strongest and strangest sightings ever to take place in Mexican skies. In 2004, yet another video of these things emerged from near Cerro de Sila, which showed a dark object with a humanoid form floating through the air at great speed while hunched over. The video, of course, has generated a whole bunch of debate as to what it could be, with many saying that it is merely a cluster of balloons or some garbage blowing through the air. The next year, on June 17, 2005, witness Horacio Roque would also film a flying humanoid in a seated position atop some type of device over Mexico City. Roque was out with his sister at Unidad Habitational Lomas de Platero in the middle of the afternoon on a clear day when they both saw a tall humanoid figure cruising through the air and leering at them menacingly. In this case, the figure seemed to be perched atop some sort of gravity-defying vehicle that emitted a strange red glow with its legs dangling underneath. The video they took has become one of the most famous pieces of footage ever taken of one of Mexico's flying humanoids. Also in 2004 came perhaps the weirdest and most harrowing encounter of them all. A police officer in the city of Monterey by the name of Leonardo Samaniego claimed he had been out on patrol in the early morning hours of January 16, 2004, when he had had a rather violent encounter with something not quite of this world. The officer said that his patrol that evening had taken him to the Benito Juarez borough of Mexico City, when he had turned onto a quiet tree-lined street to see something large and black fall from a tree yet begin to levitate right before it hit the ground. The puzzled officer drove his car closer, and that's when he could see that this dark shape was in fact a flying humanoid entity that looked like a floating old woman, dressed all in black and with dark skin and eyes that were just black sockets without eyelids. This startling apparition then apparently flew over to hover right in front of the vehicle and the stunned occupant within. He could see it better at this time and noticed that it was a hideous old woman that resembled a witch. Apparently annoyed by the car's high beams, the winch then reportedly covered her face with some sort of cloak and then flew right into the vehicle's windshield, causing the dumbfounded officer to go speeding back in reverse. He would explain the terrifying events thus. As soon as I realized it was a kind of woman being, or a witch, very strange standing there trying to cover her face, she threw herself against my car very fast, falling on the car and hitting the windshield. She was flying very fast and it only took a second to hit the windshield glass. I was so shocked by this action that I put the car in reverse and pushed the accelerator trying to get away while requesting backup assistance by radio. It was a woman with big black eyes. Everything was black, no eyelids. Her skin was dark brown and her expression was horrible. 
She was furiously trying to get me with her claws while I was running away in reverse, calling desperately for help to any units around. He was able to shake the ferocious witch off the car before smashing into a wall and losing consciousness. When he next awoke, it was to the sight of other officers who had arrived to assist him, none of which who had seen the surreal entity that had attacked him. Samaniego told them all what had happened and he would subsequently be put through drug tests and psychiatric tests as no one believed him, which would turn up negative. Some people, though, obviously did believe him because other reports would filter in after he had come forward with his own from people around the vicinity. One witness named Norma Hernandez claimed that just two weeks before Samaniego's strange account, she had been hanging out laundry when she saw the black form of some humanoid creature flying around in the sky above. Other locals would claim to have seen a similar entity stalking them while it floated through the air. In 2006, another police officer would come forward with his own strange encounter, when in September of that year, an officer, Gerardo Garza Carvajal, was on patrol in his hometown of Santa Catarina when he had seen two witches with faces like old women with black hats flying around near a local cemetery. He would describe one of the entities thus. Her height was a meter, meter and a half at most. She was dressed like a bird with feathers, you know, she had feathers. Seeing her face, it was an old lady's face, wrinkled, red eyes, black hair. But what I really noticed were her black claws and the hair. In other words, that's what shocked me the most. It was a bird's body with a face like a human, and the witches flew off, but the police officers who came to my aid saw what I saw. The sightings of such strange entities continue to come in, and no one is really sure of what we could possibly be dealing with. The rational explanation is that these are hoaxes or misidentifications of balloons or some aerial phenomenon, but this doesn't seem to be adequate to explain all of the cases, and some have been given by a traditionally reliable witness, such as police officers and airline pilots. Considering the nature of these things being basically flying humanoids, they don't seem to fit in with cryptozoology, as it is unlikely they are some undiscovered species or creature. Theories have ranged across the spectrum that they are aliens, witches, warlocks, interdimensional beings, are some sort of mad inventors testing out some inscrutable tech, but we don't have the slightest idea. All we know for sure is that something very strange seems to be going on in the skies of Mexico. One of the most widely known flying humanoid type critters is a mysterious winged entity equipped with a pair of glowing red eyes. The Mothman of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is possibly the most infamous of all the various skyborne oddities that have entered into the pages of cryptozoology and monster hunting. Its mid-1960s appearances ominously coincided with the massive wave of UFO incidents, encounters with the dreaded men in black, and a whole range of high strangeness in a mind-boggling nature not to mention frightening both visitors to Lover's Lanes and regular citizens going about their regular lives, all of which chose to descend upon the unfortunate city and residents of Point Pleasant. 
The bizarre series of events came to a frightening climax on December 15, 1967, when the city's silver bridge that crossed the Ohio River and connected Point Pleasant with Gallipolis, Illinois, broke away from its moorings and plunged into the river, tragically taking with it nearly 50 lives. Although a down-to-earth explanation was most definitely in evidence that a problem with a single eye bar in a suspension chain was to blame, many took the view, and still do to this day, that the Mothman was behind it all. Alternately, Mothman may have been trying to warn the people of the area of the impending doom that loomed large. But what of latter-day times? Do such similar things still fly and terrorize? Maybe so, and even perhaps outside of the United States too. What was without any shadow of a doubt the strangest of all stories of an unidentified flying entity seen in the skies of England surfaced on February 19, 2009. Mike Lockley, then the editor of the now-closed Chase Post newspaper, which covered the Staffordshire, England town of Cannock, stated that nothing less than a flying man-thing had been seen soaring over and around the nearby Cannock Chase woods. Before getting to the heart of the strange saga, it's worth noting that the Cannock Chase, a large area of heathland and forest, has been a veritable hotbed of high strangeness of a monstrous kind for decades. Sightings of large black cats with glowing eyes, spectral black hounds, Bigfoot-type beasts, werewolf-style entities, and even what are described as giant snakes have been seen deep in the heart of the Canuck Chase. In that sense, the flying monster man of the Canuck Chase was just the latest in a long line of bizarre creatures to surface in and above those dense and mysterious woods. Five locals contacted the Post newspaper after witnessing a figure traveling seemingly unaided over houses at around 11 a.m. on Sunday, February 8th. One described it as a Superman moment, a clear case of to Chad's more and beyond, said the newspaper. Another added, but eagle-eyed Boney Hay villager Clive Wright believes that those who reckon they witnessed something supernatural are talking a load of kryptonite. The 68-year-old who spotted the flying man from the living room window of his Sunny Mead Road home believes that the pilot was traveling with the aid of a jetpack, a strap-on engine made famous in the 1965 James Bond movie Thunderball. Clive's wife, Janet, 68, and 14-year-old grandson, Nicholas, also witnessed the chase's own rocket man. To say it was strange would be an understatement, and the bottle didn't come into it because none of us drink. At first, I was watching quite a number of seagulls and noticed what I thought was one in the middle moving quite slowly. I got up to take a closer look and realized it was a flying man. I searched the sky for the plane he had bailed out of, but could see nothing. The Post additionally quoted Clive Wright as saying, All I could see was this man traveling in a controlled straight line, traveling from Rycroft shops across to Gentleshaw Common. I immediately went upstairs to get my binoculars and went out to the backyard, but he was gone. 
some kind of Dan Dare spaceman. Dan Dare was a British science fiction comic hero, appeared in the Eagle comic story Dan Dare, Pilot of the Future, from 1950 to 1967, and dramatized seven times a week on Radio Luxembourg from 51 to 56. That's what it looked like, he said. The only explanation is he was wearing a jetpack. Although I was surprised he was traveling over a densely populated area, whether it was an intrepid flyer equipped with a startlingly high-tech piece of aerial gadgetry for that time of 2009, or something else entirely, the mystery of Staffordshire's flying Watsis remains. Well, that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Be with me next week as we come back with another story or another group of stories for Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to remind you that on Mondays, Aaron Hunter brings you Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, which is listener stories that Aaron tells, mostly ghost stories. On Tuesdays, we have Aaron Frail with Aaron's Horror Show, where he reviews horror movies, different books, uh, things that he's written. Wednesdays, it's me, Terry's Mysterious Moments, with me, Terry from Texas, where we cover just about anything you can think of. We also have video productions on the first Friday of the month from Full Dark Productions, from The Witching Hour, and from Unexplained Cases. Also remember that you can go to your app store, whether you have an Apple or an Android, you can go to your app store, look for the RPA app. It's a black square with a blue eye right in the middle of it. You can't miss it. And you can download that app, install it into the device you listen to the programs on, and that way you will not have to go looking for the programs. They'll be right there. Do that. It'll be a lot easier for you to get to the stories. That's about it. I hope everybody has a good week. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye.